often vulgar, always explicit, and sometimes funny. Slap box. Slap box. Welcome to the Slapbox Podcast. This is episode 497. I'm your host, Josh Albrecht, sitting inside the Slapbox penthouse once again. And uh, the roof is probably still wet, but I think it's not leaking at the moment in the penthouse. So that's good. That's good. Don't have to replace it this instant. Uh, Hopefully the cat doesn't interrupt me too much i've been feeding him around 7 30 to 8 it's 704 he's probably getting hungry he might attack me or just fucking me out and jump my lap maybe he attacked the microphone could be could be a thing i don't know hopefully not you s- be cool agent Mulder. be cool he's distracted by something he must see a shiny object or some shit Actually, I have a foil on the fucking countertops downstairs in the old kitchen. Hopefully it uh, stops him from uh, jumping up on the counters. Apparently cats hate foil, although I haven't, like, witnessed this firsthand. I think it depends on the cat. Uh, the, the cucumber thing, too, doesn't work on all cats either. Some of them get really freaked out by cucumbers while they're eating. If you put a cucumber behind them, uh, they, get, they freak out. I've seen a lot of videos like that. I've never may have uh, attempted to do that before at Jack Wentz's house <laughs> on uh, a couple of their cats. Nothing transpired. They could have gave a shit less. I think they smelled the cucumber. Not a thing. It is kind of kind of wrong to like purposely scare a cat and stuff. We used to do a lot of that shit when I was a kid. Now I feel kind of bad about it. I try not to do that shit. But, you know, I mean, it can be kind of entertaining, but, yeah. I don't want to give my cat some kind of mental disorder or something. Preferably not. You know, and you really fuck with their head, they could end up, like, attacking you more at some point. Especially if I, you know, keep leaving my door open and let them sleep with me. I'm pretty vulnerable, you know, while I'm asleep. He could come up and just fucking cut my jugular with his uh, his his really sharp front paw. His one front paw. Because, again, he's missing a leg. But, damn, those claws are sharp. He is fucking really cutting into me sometimes when uh, <laughs> jumping in my lap and such. Yeah, yeah, he's meowing at me. He's <laughs> he knows I'm talking about him. He's like, yeah, fucker, yeah, keep it up, keep it up, man, keep it up. But at least I got the litter situation uh, straightened out, is uh, somewhat straightened out. I I got rid of the clumping litter, which was causing me problems. I don't remember if this happened before last week's podcast or not. Maybe I brought it up, but uh, had an issue with uh, I had the real nice tidy cat clumping litter that uh, he uh, has issues because he's missing a leg and he uh, tries to use that missing leg to cover his own shit with inside the litter box and uh, it ends up looking like he's going to puke when he's uh, covering up the litter because he's like going down where that missing leg is and it looks like he's about to hack one up but he's really just trying to bury stuff, his shit, with uh, the missing leg. And then when he does that, he ends up just walking over his shit and piss. And then uh, if it's clumping litter, apparently gets it all stuck to his paws. As I had the, uh, you know, fun time of trying to get that off his paws after it had been, like, caked on and dried on when I got up one morning. (laughs) And uh, I had to wrap him up in a towel so he didn't claw the shit out of me when... uh, (laughs) Tried to get it off. I tried before without the towel, just a washcloth and some water, and it wasn't working out. So I wrapped him real tight in a towel to kind of prevent him from getting away from me and just murdering me like Freddy Krueger shit. And uh, filled my uh, sink up with water and dunked his foot in the water and got pretty much all of it. He seems to be good now. We're uh, <laughs> we're in a, we're in a good, uh, good place now. Isn't... Uh, as long as he quits clawing my couch and jumping on the counters. But uh, I've been a little distracted, too, from maybe he's getting a little pissed off because I'm just constantly watching videos, not paying attention to him as, uh, since uh, war broke out in Ukraine, unfortunately. I mean, that's uh, I've been watching all kinds of uh, news on that, and damn it, he won't shut up already. <laughs> he's upset about it, too. 
I think he's got some Ukrainian friends. That could be how he lost the leg. I think he was probably in the eastern Ukraine there in Donetsk or Luhansk, however you pronounce those. Must have been the separatist region where he got hit with a a Molotov cocktail and had that leg burnt off. That's uh, that's probably how what happened, and uh, he <laughs> he got away to the U.S. somehow and ended up on my front door. That's that's the story I think I, I'm going with here. That's that feels right. Feels right. Uh, yeah. Fuck, man, it sucks. Like watching these videos, but it, I mean, it is uh horrible and all but it is impressive seeing how the ukrainian people are standing up to the russian people it does give me flashbacks of uh my youth i guess uh when uh i i mean i was of age i wasn't a child at the time and i wish the cat would shut up (laughs) uh but uh anyway when uh the uh George W. Bush and Dick Cheney, Donald Rumsfeld, all those jackasses thought it was a great idea after, uh, you know, really uh, fucking shit up in Afghanistan. You know, why don't we go over to Iraq that uh, didn't attack us, did not attack us? Um, You know, we did go in there and liberate Kuwait whenever Saddam had uh, invaded Kuwait. That's a much different story, you know. We didn't have to stay in there, and uh, we they, you know, the Iraqis attacked the Kuwaitis, so we were a liberating force. A much different scenario than going into Iraq the second time, where, you know, of course there was made-up reasons to go in there. They had WMDs, like WMDs. George W. B- fucking damn it. I can't do I don't even know how to do the George W. Bush impression anymore. He's, for the most part, like, tried to, like, I guess, wash him from my brain with uh, years of Jaeger bombs and, and uh, you know, other alcoholic beverages. As uh, I think it, it dulled that impact a little bit for me. As, uh, But I can understand, you know, for, like, the Russian people that uh, I, d- I would imagine majority of them uh, it's hard to know the truth to it but I would imagine the majority of Russians would not want to go to war and do not w- want to be in war with uh, Ukraine um, this seems like a Putin thing you know it's uh, <clears throat> unfortunate as uh, the Russian uh civilian and stuff uh, are, you know, the ones that are going to pay the prices for it, not so much Putin and his uh, compadres, as it were. But, uh, you know, I, I, can, uh, I can relate to the uh, Russian, average Russian person to be in a, you know, war that they don't want to be involved with. As I, I, man, I remember those early days of, uh, the Iraq war there and uh had uh, a good friend of mine uh, Carl who's who's still alive I want to point that out he was he was lucky I was lucky you know that uh my one close friend that went that uh you know was not injured or uh killed over there but he went in as soon as we first invaded Iraq and uh saw some action you know he didn't really talk about it much I know he did help out in the uh planning of the uh, raid that took down Uday and Kuse, the sons of Saddam. Uh, <clears throat> but, uh, you know, I, I know what it's like to, you know, I, I never bought the reasonings for that war. You know, the uh, as far as I understood and read at the time, that there was no connection between Al-Qaeda and uh, who, you know, was behind 9-11 and the Iraqis, but, uh, you know, Hey, they were like, Hey, we're going to go over there next. And we're not even really done in Afghanistan. And, you know, I guess now we've pulled out now 20 fucking years later. Um, but it, you know, did not turn out well, did not turn out well. And initially, unfortunately, you know, there was a good, uh, chunk of the population, of the U S that was for the war when we first went in there. And I think it 
a lot of it just had to do with fucking nine eleven. I mean, it was just we as soon as nine eleven hit, you know, for year years later. I mean, the people that were of age to remember when it happened, you know, I think are well. Obviously, they're never gonna forget it, but uh, it definitely changed shit here. People were not the same, and it, it created a lot of division. That's uh, you know. <laughs> We're in such a mess now with, uh, you know, hating our neighbors and uh, family members. That's uh, it really helped. Uh, there's always been strife and, you know, uh, the, the American uh, history is uh, full of uh, all kinds of bad shit. But uh, it was a different world before 9-11 in the, in the U.S., The you know, from like going after and there was people wanted blood and uh they were willing to sign on to horrible shit and uh the, a good chunk of the population you know didn't really read too much into the reasons behind the war and really do a whole lot of research and go like oh are they are we uh oh you're saying Saddam he's a bad guy he's behind 911 somehow Okay, whatever. All right, Dick Cheney, I totally believe you. And you shooting a judge in the face while duck hunting on accident. Probably going to duck hunt with uh, Putin right about now. Although I don't think Putin's that dumb. He probably uh, probably wouldn't let Cheney have a gun. I mean, he's not the brightest guy. I mean, he's starting the largest ground war since World War Two, and. Uh, <laughs> against a Ukrainian population that uh, I don't think is going to be very easy to defeat, man. Holy shit. It is... uh, Man, I just got done watching The uh, Winter on Fire, I believe it's called. Um, It's on Netflix, the documentary series. Well, series. It's it's one one, uh, documentary. It's not a series. I, I misspoke... But, uh, shut it, cat. I might have to pause for a second to feed him. Otherwise, he is going to lose his shit on me. So that, uh, that might have to, might have to be a thing. Uh, it's called Winter on Fire, Ukraine's Fight for Freedom. And, uh, it's about at the end of 2013 and into 2014 when, uh, Victor, I believe it was Victor Yanukovych. It was Yanukovych was the leader of Ukraine then. And uh, he had promised the Ukrainian people where the vast majority of the Ukrainians wanted to join the European Union. And uh, that would mean big, huge things for their economy and just way more opportunities and for them to have more of a say in their country and all that stuff. And he promised that he would put him in in the last minute they're supposed to sign. He doesn't. He makes a deal with Putin and pulls out of the agreement with the EU, which led to uh, (laughs) a revolt. I mean, they uh, and the documentary is really good. And a fuck cat. (laughs) Damn it, Agent Mulder, you and your meowing. All right. Well, I guess I'm going to pause this for a second and hold that thought. All right. Well, the cat is fed now, so maybe I can try to remember what the fuck I was just talking about. Um, I should probably make a point to, when I do the podcast, you know, wait around feeding time and feed the cat right beforehand. That obviously seems like the best bet. Otherwise, he's going to make a lot of audio that uh, <laughs> may be a little annoying. Anyway, so I was talking about uh, the documentary on Netflix, The Winter on Fire, Ukraine's Fight for Freedom. And uh, it could be a tough one to watch. I mean, it's just strictly footage. Well, I mean, it's primarily it's footage from the time period there when they were fighting for their freedom that led to the uh, resignation of uh, Yanukovych. And uh, led to them being able to vote <coughs> on a new president and everything. And uh, there's a lot of violence 
in there. There's you, uh, you know, it started out peaceful protests, and the Burkut, I guess, is the police force that they had at the time that was uh, left over from the uh, Soviet uh, Union days. Um, was very brutal. They were beating people almost immediately as people started filling the Maidan Square in Kiev. Uh, they were beating them with lead pipes. And it's uh, <coughs> firing rubber bullets on them, hitting them with lead pipes. And, uh, <coughs> of course, like stun grenades and stuff. I guess they were using, it looked like they were probably using like flashbangs, probably tear gas. Um, but it's definitely beating the shit out of them hardcore with lead pipes. And it just brutal. I mean, they're doing it to like old, young, it didn't matter who the people were. They were beating the living shit out of them and killing uh, some of them. And then eventually it escalated. This is uh, over the course of, I guess, about a three to four month span. And then it, I guess it turned out to be like uh, over a million people that ended up camping out in Maidan's, uh, Maidan Square, I believe. Uh, Maidan Square. Anyway, uh, that were there for these protests. And then uh, the Burkut ended up uh, eventually using live rounds and shooting uh, them with sniper rifles, Kalashnikovs. And I mean, you see the full footage of it people getting shot as they're <clears throat> trying to like help their friends that have already been in- injured shot killed whatever drag them away as they're being drag drug away and these officers are fucking killing them just without remorse it's pretty brutal and uh you know it's sad to know that after going through all of that and uh Getting their freedom, of course, this happened, I guess, within months before Russia invaded eastern Ukraine because as soon as they really uh, took hold of uh, Kiev and got the president they wanted in there when they got to vote and everything, that's what I guess sent off huge red flags to Putin that, you know, maybe the Russian people are going to see this and realize, you know, if, if they get enough people together that they could, t- they too could take down Vladimir Putin. And, uh, I, you know, I, I'm not a Putin expert or, you know, happen to know exactly what he thinks on a day-to-day basis. But it, I, it would seem to me as an onlooker and somewhat, somewhat have kept track of some of these things I mean I've watched a lot of uh, videos read a lot of news on the stuff through the years um and uh you know I know Putin's ex-KGB he's got a very Cold War mindset and he believes that Russia should be you know have its he wants to make Russia great again he wants Russia to be the Soviet Union again and uh, I don't think he really hides a lot of that. Um, although he's very much a capitalist, he's all about fucking money. He's not so much into the uh, <sighs> communism part. Just wants the power and, uh, I guess, the land and everything. But, uh, I don't know, I digress from where the fuck I was going with that point. Um, <clears throat> fuck, man, it's It's brutal like watching that documentary and you know it's seeing some of the shit that uh has come out from Russia invading uh Ukraine right now <clears throat> but uh i mean it's it's really impressive to see the russian popu- or sorry the ukrainian population really uh standing up to the russian army i mean they're arming uh, like all the civilians and there's several uh I've seen at least two videos where normal Ukrainian uh, civilians stood in the way of tanks as they were trying to roll down the streets well one of them was a tank the other one was a big heavy armored vehicle it wasn't really a tank but I mean they're they are uh, 
ready to uh, die for their their homeland. It's and if you watch that fucking docu series, doc, I keep wanting to say docu series. Damn it, it's one one fucking documentary. I feel like it's gonna be series now though. Shit, as uh, they are. Uh, <laughs> Sean Penn is actually there filming the documentary now about Russia's invasion of Ukraine. <clears throat> so it might, I guess, uh, you know, we're going to get a series, I would imagine. Uh, this isn't going to end anytime soon, I wouldn't think, as there's a population there in Ukraine, about 45 million, 44 or 45 million people. That's a that's a big fucking country. That's a huge fucking country. That's you know, that's that's a lot of fucking people. And uh there's you know, I I don't know, I th- think I read something earlier of they think that about a hundred I don't know if they've already left or they th- they're guesstimating are going to leave about a, a hundred over a hundred thousand people that are going to well, I guess that's what's already left. I want to say I read 137,000 people have evacuated Ukraine. But there's still, I mean, there's f- when you got 44 or 45 million people, I mean, that's a very small percentage of the population. I think they're guesstimating to have like, you know, a million, two million refugees, something in, in that ballpark. Um, there's no way to fucking know that for sure, though. Uh, but that being said, that's a lot of people to stay behind. And if they're all... Being armed and stuff like that is that is going to be very difficult for the Russians to win that fucking war. Um, Then again, nobody knows exactly what Putin's plans are for this war. Uh, It seems that he wants to gut the uh, Ukrainian government and put in a puppet government. The Yanukovych, whenever he uh, left when he resigned from being president there uh, in in Ukraine, he got on a uh, a helicopter and then uh, got the fuck out of there, got the fuck out of Dodge, because the day before, uh, <clears throat> after the Burkut had just been annihilating people with uh, killing them, shooting them and such, it had gotten to such a fervor and the government uh, capitulated I guess, and said that, hey, you know, we're going to let you have a presidential election, but, you know, like a year from now sort of thing. And uh, they had so many dead uh, protesters and such that uh, they said, fuck you, no. Um, If you're not out by 10 a.m. tomorrow, then you're going to have an armed uh, assault on, uh, I guess, the Capitol there. And then uh, he got the fuck out of Dodge. <laughs> and uh, he uh, got asylum there in uh, Russia. And, uh, I'm, you know, no one knows for sure, but it would seem that, you know, a good likelihood that once he uh, <clears throat> gets rid of the Ukrainian government, then I s- it would seem like a likely move that he would then put Yanukovych back in power. Because I don't think... Uh, Putin really has the desire to want to govern or, (coughs) you know, have to worry about the people and the shit that he destroyed in Ukraine. That could be a real problem. You know, he wants to gather in the spoils, but, uh, you know, he should really, I think, watch the Michael Moore film Fahrenheit 911. He should really do that. Vladimir Putin, watch this because, it. you know, this does seem like a George W. Bush play, like a Dick Cheney like uh you know f- fuck the rule of law fuck you know all of that shit let's just start a war let's have a war and uh let's make up false pretenses to go in there and uh just do what we want because superpower who the fuck's going to fuck with us right very much iraq war there you know even a little bit of the afghanistan war there um at least there was some justification for that you know wasn't the Taliban, the Taliban that you know destroyed the the uh, the twin towers and stuff? But uh, 
we had some reason to at least go into Afghanistan and take out the Al Qaeda. But anyway, he should watch Fahrenheit 911 because it. I think in that documentary you get a real good feel. Because every war, you know, it's the same story over and over again. Every fucking war. You get all these people in power, these politicians that want to start the war for whatever reason. It's usually some some form of greed. They want power or money or whatever. They just don't like the color of somebody's skin. There's a... There's not too many reasons why wars are started. It's usually <laughs> the same old story. But then, of course, like the great Black Sabbath song, War Pigs, you know, they send out the young and poor, basically, to go out and fight. And, uh, fuck, I got that song stuck in my head. <laughs> um, but, uh, when you get these, you know, guys like that are in there like fucking 18 to, you know, 20, mid-20s, you know, you figure most of the grunts in the army, whatever fucking army, they're going to be young men. They're going to be full of fucking testosterone. They're going to just be like, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, boom, explosion. And they don't, and, and nowadays, man, it's... It's so different for I would think you know I I've not been in the service I haven't uh, I've I've not been in war so I can't say from personal experience playing a fuck ton of Call of Duty doesn't really <laughs> I think uh, translate you know I still I don't know what it's quite like um, so I'm just guessing but from what I've I've watched a lot of footage from war I uh, my my father was a, a Vietnam veteran. And I, you know, I, my stepfather was a Vietnam veteran. Uh, I've been around a lot of veterans of different wars. And uh, <clears throat> my impression of when people go in, and I've had, you know, several friends in in the service, whether or not they went overseas and fought in a war or not, but I was able to see them, you know, right out of basic training. And, you know, they, they get you so jazzed up, really ready to kill people. You know, it's what what they do. And you're just, you know, you get into basic training. And I assume the Russian military's training is probably not too different from the United States. But they close you off, you know, when you go to basic training, you're, is it like three months or something for like, I guess, most services. I imagine it might change depending on which branch you're in the military. But... I believe the army is something like three months, something like that, basic training, and you're completely cut off from the rest of the world. You don't have a cell phone. You don't have. You don't have your normal. You know, you can't go on. Uges, and uh, start rubbing your cock and balls to uh, to whatever porn. There's a. Uh, I guess the 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 rage of porn nowadays is step sibling porn. Or uh, usually along that line, or stepdad, stepmom, whatever the fuck. There's family fucking porn. That's kind of what's in. That's uh, really strangely that is what's uh, what's really popular. It seems whenever I like click onto that stuff and like why why do I want this? Why why should I want this? This is fucking. I don't look for it. I just want to say it's on the page. Anyway, you you don't have access to that sort of thing. And like that's a good, you know, you you bust a nut if if you hold that stuff in, you're gonna it's gonna fuck with your brain. So you're not jerking off. You don't have access to, you know, playing video games because I find that playing Call of Duty a lot, you know, like a lot, and uh, <clears throat> I don't feel all that. You know, I play a lot of violent video games, not just Call of Duty, but I. I feel like it gets out a lot of aggression and that I I don't have to worry about like ooh I'm I'm not going to go on a shooting rampage afterwards. I like I did it in the game. What do I need to do that in real life for? And uh when you don't you don't have that in basic training. And I would imagine but also too nowadays <clears throat> would you see and if Putin would watch Fahrenheit 911, you get to see 
these young guys in the United States military, when they first go over to Afghanistan, when they first go to Iraq, and they talk to them, they're just like, they they don't really have a personal connection. Oh, popping the peas. They don't have a personal connection with uh, killing these people, and it doesn't. It's just, it's like they're playing a video game. It's I think a product of our times as well, because we don't. <laughs> in the uh, technical age we live in, and that uh, until you've really been there and killed people, I don't think, and like seen them up close and personal and seen the effects, and then uh, you know get to a point where you, you just can't sleep anymore. But it, like it, when they show them early on, they're uh, they have n- they don't know these people at all in Iraq and Afghanistan, and they don't. It seems like don't have any compassion for them, and uh, they're just fucking full of cum, young, dumb, and full of cum, I guess, and excited to uh, blow shit up. And they're rocking. I think it was Metallica, like in a tank. There was a. It's been a long time since I watched Fahrenheit 911, but they're. <sighs> I want to say just rocking out some Metallica, maybe in some System of a Down. I'm not sure, but I I feel like Metallica was definitely in there. Anyway, they're just like, fuck yeah, when I get out and I just want to start shooting shit, like, yeah, we're, you know, going to rock out, basically. I don't remember the words that they used, but you get the impression, just like, fuck yeah, turn on the loud music and let's kill some shit. And it, it seems so disassociated with it, like, it, they didn't weren't really uh, taking it in. And if I remember correctly, later in the the film, you see these guys... I think even the same guys, like, you know, they're talking to after they've been there, you know, a while, year, two years, whatever. And they're completely shell-shocked from it, you know. It's, you know, it takes its fucking impact. And I think these Russian troops are going to feel this probably almost immediately. I mean, these Ukraine is the next-door neighbor of Russia. They uh they have a lot of fr- family, friends, you know. They share, they, you know, a lot A lot of them sp- all speak, uh, a lot of the Ukrainians speak Russian. And I don't believe the Ukrainian language is really all that different from Russian. Um, <clears throat> they look the same. They come from the general same region. And for them to go in and, you know, it, it's awful, but it's true that I think that... Uh, when you go, when you send an army into a country, like you, and they look completely different from you, I think it's easier for people to be, well, frankly, racist and just fucking, you know, not see them as people as much and have an easier time killing them because it's, you know, people are uh, tribal that, uh, it's hard to care for everybody that, you know, isn't close to you. So, you know, that's in your house. And then, you know, <sighs> I mean, if there's, what are like 7 billion people? Whatever the hell the number is, the people of the world. If you were concerned about every individual person in, in the world, man, you would never fucking sleep and it'd be fucking hard to maintain. Not excusing racism by any means. Um, but I think it's, it's just easier for people to have compassion for somebody that that looks like them and it feels like there's part of their family than somebody that com- looks completely foreign and i mean shit you look at all the old war propaganda from world war 2 i mean i not saying it was easy for americans and such to go kill japanese people or anything like that but holy shit they tried to make them look like subhuman like it, they made these cartoon characters of them and shit, and you know, I th- that that kind of brainwashing and stuff I think has an effect. But it you can't really. I don't think you have any shot of brainwashing somebody when fuck they were like, oh dude, that's my cousin, <laughs> and they look just like me. It's uh, it's a little harder to do. So I am. I don't know, but uh, Putin should really uh. <laughs> I th- I think he uh really uh fucked up on this one. 
and uh, it does look like the Ukrainians. I mean, they the odds are not in their favor. The Russian military is massive compared to theirs. They have so much more weaponry and such. They have the air power. They have the the naval ships. They have fucking everything. And uh, but the Ukrainians, man, you watch that fucking documentary on uh, Netflix there and shit, dude. These people. These people are ready to die for their fucking country and seeing what their president, who's a fucking comedian, dude. He's a comedian. Which makes me, you know, really, uh, really admire him. I love comedians and all. I wouldn't, you know, normally I wouldn't go, you know what? I want a stand up comedian that's also done some acting. I want him as president. Which depends, really depends on which one we're talking about. <laughs> There's a few that, that might might be able to do it but uh at least uh Zelensky I believe that's his name he uh he didn't have a ba- I believe he went to school to be a lawyer so he does know law at least before going in but what I knew of him before was his f- infamous phone call with President Trump where uh he did the uh uh <coughs> like hey buddy uh yeah how about you dig up a little dirt on on uh, Sleepy Joe here. Uh, uh, otherwise, I uh, uh, maybe you don't get that aid. Maybe you don't get that aid. You don't get. You don't uh, do a little press conference. Say Sleepy Joe's dirty, dirty Joe. Um, <clears throat> that's all I knew him from. Really, I mean, I had heard of him. I knew that. I knew that he was a comedian beforehand. I really didn't know much about him. But, I mean, he is staying in Kiev. He's not, uh, so far, not fleeing like uh, Yanukovych fled. And it would seem that the Russian military probably wants him dead or and or in jail. One of the two. That's what they want from Zelensky because they want their own regime in there. And this guy's just going in there and he's still making videos. He's arming himself, being out in the streets. And the, their uh, last president, Petro Poroshenko, is out there actually as well, and he is armed. And uh, I th- side note, I, I believe he was involved in some kind of uh, corruption. <laughs> That's kind of why they out- ousted him. Um, but, hey, he's out there on the streets with the Klitschko brothers, man. If you're not a boxing fan, dude, uh, v- Vladimir and Vitaly Klitschko were fucking uh, some... Uh, some very good boxers, man. They were, uh, Vitaly was the shit and he got robbed straight up robbed by Lennox Lewis. He should have fucking, Oh, he was dominating. I hated Lennox Lewis for whatever reason. I don't know. He's just, uh, his personality just, just didn't get me. I used to be a really big boxing fan and, uh, even though I thought Mike Tyson was like a bit of a monster, I really loved watching Mike Tyson fights. That guy was just so insane in the ring, man. And uh, <clears throat> he's an interesting guy, that one. But uh, he's at least with Mike Tyson, with saying in his past, he did some horrible shit to women and stuff. But he seems that he feels bad about that now when you have interviews with him and stuff. And he really seems legitimately... Uh, remorseful for what he did in the past. Unlike uh, many other boxers like, uh, well, I guess I don't need to give names. There's plenty of boxers out there, just scumbags and really horrible to women that are never apologetic. But as far as I know, Lennox Lewis, <laughs> I don't know if he ever had any issues with women. There was just something about his personality. I think that I just didn't like it really. It came down to, um, which really burnt me out on boxing in general is that a lot of, these heavyweight boxers, they really pick and choose their fights. That, you know, if they're certain somebody's going to beat them, they're not going to fucking take that fight. You know, they're not going to go to the fight that's, you know, the, the most challenging fight. And they go for, they just want to make money, which I get it's a fucking job and all, but I, you know, I hate it when, you know, they're like, oh, I'm undefeated, but, you know, I'm not going to fight this guy over here. Because I know I'm going to fucking lose that fight. And I kind of felt that way with Lennox Lewis. Maybe that wasn't really the case. But 
he when he fought Vitaly Klitschko, it really seemed like Klitschko was really, really gonna fucking win that fight. I I felt, of course, again, I didn't like Lennox Lewis, but then they they called the fight because of a cut above Klitschko's eye. And fucking, I felt like he got robbed. Apparently, too, Lennox Lewis during that fight, like on the mat, he promised him a, a rematch, and that was his last. He was like, "Nope, I'm not coming back. I'm not coming back." Still this day, he says, Lewis says, oh, yeah, I probably, I, I'm sure I would have won that, that second fight. But, uh, <laughs> like, damn you. <laughs> uh, anyway, but uh, there, Vitaly Klitschko is the uh, mayor of Kiev, the uh, capital of Ukraine, and uh, he is out there armed as well and uh, ready to fight the Russian army. And, uh, I don't think he's gonna have to worry about a referee calling the fight because he's getting a big cut above his eye. Just saying. I don't think Lennox Lewis is gonna be fighting for the Russian military, but uh, <clears throat> I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Maybe uh, he's out there with Steven Seagal and Gerard Depardieu because like he also immigrated to Russia. They could be. <laughs> Just imagine a a fucking platoon. Filled with, like, Steven Seagal, or led by Steven Seagal and Gerard Depardieu. Like, you're taking down Ukrainian people for Putin. Uh, Gerard Depardieu. And fucking Steven Seagal. I wonder, like, what nationality he would pretend to be, because he's often, like, said he's different nationalities. Like, that he's black and whatever, and starts talking. Like, he's... You know, I <laughs> I don't know. He's Steven Seagal. He's a fucking weird dude. And he's like 70-something. It would be so great if Putin gave him a platoon. And then just, you know, he got captured by the Ukrainian people. That, w- that would be fucking great. If he got captured. <laughs> uh, maybe got injured in some weird fucked up way. That would be great. I mean, it'd be terrible if, like, Steven Seagal actually killed people. But he seems like a real piece of shit anyway. But uh, I, as far as I know, he's not a murderer. But it would be hilarious to see him, like, try to go out as a 70-something-year-old man and actually take part in some kind of military thing and then just get fucking captured. Just saying. <laughs> uh, I do kind of want to watch his newer movies, though. That he's still been he's still be making these movies, and again he's like seventy something. He's like right around fuck Putin's age. Putin's like sixty nine, I believe. And uh, <clears throat> but he's <laughs> he's still making these things where he's like special forces in his seventies, and he's the one man that's gonna take everybody down. And he's fucking these women that are in their twenties, and then. Uh, <laughs> All the shots of him were like, he's always sitting down. Like when he's shooting a gun, he's like sitting down. He's not fucking getting up and moving around. And then uh, the fight scenes are, are, I I haven't seen the movies in their entirety, but just the clips that I've seen, you know, it, it seems pretty great. Pretty great. But I don't know that I can sit through like an hour and a half, two hours of that. That may be a bit rough. Fucking Seagal, man. <laughs> Uh, anyway, though, but, uh, yeah, I have no, uh, hostility towards the Russian people. I, I really love, uh, going to Russia, man, even though I shit the bed literally the first time I went and, uh, yeah, I didn't have any bad experience other than getting ripped off. Oh, I didn't have any bad experiences with any Russian individual other than maybe the cab driver that ripped me off the the first time there they were very kind to me and uh <clears throat> oh man i had some, met some awesome russian tour guides that's their shit man and it's a uh, st petersburg is great and uh it it's really nice to see the uh protests happening in russia which it is illegal to protest in russia and they don't fuck around with that shit. They throw you in jail. They'll beat the shit out of you. And you're going to have a, a criminal record that's going to really fuck with your job opportunities and such by doing so. You're really risking a lot by protesting in Russia. 
but yet there's been a few thousand at least people protesting in like Moscow and St. Petersburg and I believe a few other big cities in Russia. But uh, hopefully, you know, th- I mean, it sucks to know that the uh, the Russian people themselves are going to have a real fucking hard time now from, <laughs> you know, I don't know if they're ever going to come back from the, sh- I mean, with all the sanctions and everything that are going on, they're going to be hurting bad. I mean, everybody in the world's going to feel this. Gas prices are going to be fucking terrible. There's just, it's, it's, it's not going to be good for anybody, but the Russian people, and of course the Ukrainians are the ones worse off. I mean, they were the ones getting shot to shit and, uh, I mean, their country's fucking already had a lot of destruction and, uh, but man, it just sucks for the normal average person and back to black Sabbath though. Holy shit. Because, you know. It's just like the perfect anti-war song, War Pigs, which I believe is, I'd say, Black Sabbath's best song. I mean, is there Magnus Opus or whatever? <laughs> uh, holy shit. I mean, it's such a good song. And uh, I learned when I first started playing guitar, it was one I, I learned to play quite a bit of, and uh, I really enjoyed playing it, and I had tried playing it a long time, and... Because this, all this bad shit, you know, I was like, I got to bring out some war pigs. So I was uh, rocking the Tom Morello signature strat last couple of days, playing some war pigs. And it's just, man, that's such, such a good song. And I just love me some Black Sabbath, dude. It is good shit. And the whole band is just top notch. You got the Tony Iommi's a fucking legend. I mean, he lost what is his pinky, I guess. When he, I believe he was working at a factory, and uh, got his part of his pinky like cut off, and then uh, I believe he put some kind of uh, <laughs> I don't know, I guess prosthetic over it to play. Anyway, dude's got such a a heavy tone. And just it just so uh, so good the Iomi tone coming out of that SG and uh, not only that but that bass line from Terry Geezer Butler that I I believe at least used to live in uh, Chesterfield Missouri even though he's originally from the good old UK for some reason. He had lived in Chesterfield. He may still live in Chesterfield. I don't know. It seems odd that somebody from Black Sabbath would live in Chesterfield. But uh, that's just, you get that. Oh, Iomi just ran you the air raid siren with Iomi's guitar, and then you hear that bass in the back. And then Bill Ward with the drums in the back. I mean, that is so good. <laughs> and then, of course, Ozzy's lyrics. And shit, holy, holy hell! It's like I feel like definitely Black Sabbath should be like the Ukrainians' anti-war songs. They're like fuck, fuck the Russian army <laughs> songs, because like uh, <clears throat> it is really a fuck you to to Putin. Like they they didn't ask for this war. It is brought to them. It is forced upon them. They never fucking asked for this shit. And uh, it seems like War Pigs kind of goes towards Putin, if you, like, read into it a little bit. You know, politicians hide themselves away. They only started the war. Why should they go out to fight? They only le- they leave that role to the poor. And, you know, you see these videos of these, uh, like, captured Russian military, and these guys... <laughs> you know, it's. I guess there's propaganda on every side too, though. You know, they're. I guess not. Not wanting to show like the best of the best when they capture them. Of course, maybe the best soldiers aren't getting captured. But I've seen some videos of some uh, captured Russians, and they didn't seem like they were the best. And uh, 
<clears throat> they're you know they're always just fucking young kids, dude. It's just uh, that have been brainwashed and uh, that they're, they're out there. And uh, Putin's not going to get out there. He's not going to fucking arm himself. I wonder what would fucking happen if somehow, which, man, it'd be hard for this to ever, you know. I don't see any scenario ever happening to where Putin would be in uh, Zelensky's shoes. Because, I mean, Russia is a massive nuclear power. They've got... One of the biggest armies in the world, you know, and uh, the nuke thing. I don't I don't see people being able to just go into Russia and him to be afraid so much afraid of his for his life that he needs to be packing heat and uh, (laughs) and all that stuff. I uh, but, you know, who knows? This could really turn the Russian population against him. You know, they're going to suffer immensely over this whole thing. And it's, I mean, it's all Putin, dude. He fucking, he wants this shit. And unfortunately, they're going to, they're going to suffer for it. And I cannot get uh, war pigs out of my head. Uh, For me, I'd say that probably is, that's probably my, my favorite like anti-war song. I mean, there's some good ones from the past, like, uh, you know, Fortune and Son, Creedence, Clearwater Revival. That That's another big one, but that just makes me think of Vietnam. Even though War Pigs is about Vietnam, for whatever reason, I hear that and I just think of Vietnam movies because I've heard it in so many Vietnam movies. Um, war Pigs, I don't know. I don't really associate it to any war. Just it, To me, it just sounds like every fucking war, just the way the lyrics will go and stuff. Uh, even though I guess you, you listen to Fortunate Son stuff and it's still the same stuff. But, uh, you know, I mean, there's other really great ones. I mean, Zombie. Holy shit, that one is fucking great. The uh, Cranberry song, and it's talking about the uh, the troubles there in Northern Ireland when you had the uh, nationalists versus the uh, loyalists and uh, basically the IRA versus the... Uh, Shit, <laughs> the uh, one that was for the UK. Uh, I'm I'm blanking here. I always tend to forget the uh, the other side because uh, I guess I just liked the uh, Republic of Ireland. Not saying I'm for the IRA per se. <laughs> I'm not for violence, but yes. Oh, it's the Ulster. The other side is the Ulster. UV, UVF is it? Ulster Volunteer Force, something like that. That was basically the side on the on the Brits. I might have that slightly wrong, but I know Ulster, which is like the the county. I guess they're from. I think something like that. I don't know, but anyway, I digress way too much. Zombie is a good one, though. It talks about <coughs> you know the shitty war stuff, and there's just. Oh, change is going to come. That is, oh, I'm l- looking at other ones. That is a, not really a, it's more a protest song, not really an anti-war, but change is going to come. The fucking Sam Cooke, dude, he is like the greatest singer ever. Love me some fucking Sam Cooke. <clears throat> Such a good voice. Another guy that died way too young. Mm. Uh... You know, I never, I don't think I've ever listened to the, the Vietnam War song by CCR. I don't think I've ever actually listened to that one. Oh, there's anti, there's a spindiddy.com's got a anti-war songs through the ages from Civil War to Vietnam. There's a, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to know shit until Vietnam here. <laughs> there's, uh. Well, no, down by the riverside. Well, is that before Vietnam? No. Okay, that's uh, Aaliyah Jackson. I don't. That's more re- definitely way more recent than the Civil War. Uh, I know the song though. Um, most of these, okay, most of these I don't know. Oh, 
the draft dodger rag. I might have heard that. Smothers Brothers and uh, George Siegel. And uh, I'll run through the jungle. That's a fucking good, good one. Another CCR classic. <clears throat> yeah. And most of these I don't really fucking know. Down by the riverside. Yeah, that one's... Uh... Okay, that one was... Okay, Civil War era Negro spiritual, but I get Malia Jackson. She That was... Uh... Says uh, the singer has found a higher caller higher caller and is not going to study war no more not surprisingly there is a little bit more to the message than just that the river in the song probably refers to the Ohio River a very important landmark especially for escaped slaves fleeing to the northern state of Ohio or to Canada it's been a long time since I heard the song but uh, yeah I I mean I guess I heard a newer you know it didn't occur to me that the song was around for a long time like there's, I mean, there's a lot of songs that started from spirituals and morphed into shit. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's not really spiritual. I was thinking of the the lion sleeps tonight, but that that came from a song in Africa. It wasn't really a spiritual. It was a wimoe, I guess, was the original song, and it's a good documentary I saw on that one that was on Netflix and it was still on there. Like the history of the and the family of the guy that originally wrote that and got just completely fucked out of royalties. And I mean they made a fuck ton of money off that song, especially when Lion King came out. <clears throat> but uh I can so quickly just have a song stuck in my head. I went from War Pigs <laughs> to a Weem Away. Ugh. Not a good combination. Well, it's kind of interesting. You get that bass line. You got to slow it down the weem away, though, if you're going to throw it in with war pigs. Yeah, I can't do that high pitch either. <laughs> Not with my voice right now. It's It's a little rough after talking for almost an hour and getting rather serious. There hasn't been a whole lot of funny in tonight. I don't know. I don't know that it's really funny much anymore. Or maybe it wasn't ever. I did get a little bit vulgar-ish. I talked about the cat shit. So I got that. I tried to get that out of the way out of the gate. Right out of the gate. Talk about shit. Didn't, I feel like I could have been more vulgar about it, though. I mean, the, the cat shit's really not that disgusting, though, you know, when I find it. It's already encrusted, and like I don't really see the shit so much on his feet. Although he did have diarrhea the one day. And that was just like this liquidy brown, and there was, looked like there might have been blood, and it. it was like red. Had his shit tested though, and he was fine. There was nothing they found in the the shit that was uh, worrisome. <laughs> but uh, uh, sorry, I had to try to be a little bit vulgar there, and uh, I I still don't think I achieved that very well. The early days, there was way much more vulgarity, as we were invested in. Such things as blue waffles and uh, necromantic and that kind of goodness. But if you ask me, war is pretty fucking vulgar. <laughs> it's fucking disgusting. Uh, and hopefully, man, that uh, this comes to an end. Uh, At some point, you know, it's, it's, it's shit, it's, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to, the, you know, it's fucking terrible, like the whole uh, war there in Ukraine. And uh, I hope the whole Ukrainian people hold out. It seems like right now, like they definitely, it seems hard to imagine that they're going to stop fighting ever. Especially after watching the stuff that they did in 2014. Um, but, I mean, the Russian military is fucking massive. And uh, they've had a history of doing shit to other countries like Georgia and stuff and putting in puppet regimes and everything. They, uh, <coughs> they've had some experience of this. They may have not have gone in this large of a scale before with this current, you know, 
Not in the Putin days. Soviet Union, sure. Uh, but hopefully, the, you know, uh, <laughs> this doesn't turn into a forever war like with uh, the U.S. wars and such, even though, I mean, it's pretty much already this. You know, Russia's already been in, in Ukraine for eight years now in the eastern part. They just invaded the whole country. Eight years is too long already. It's ah, son of a bitch, man. Son of a bitch. Can't we all just like jerk off and you know call it a day? Just uh, watch. <laughs> Let's just watch movies. Fuck, get laid. Have a beer or something. Play golf. I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> Got a fucking. Invade your neighbor and uh, kill him? <laughs> Seems a bit harsh. I don't know. Just kill him on Call of Duty, man. We'll we'll have a war on Call of Duty. We'll have, you know, uh, a tourney, a little tournament. That'll decide the fate of everything. You just go in on Call of Duty. You go in there, do it in the virtual sphere. You go in the metaverse. Kill everybody in the metaverse, and then don't actually do it in in the uh, the real world. You know, leave that shit in the metaverse. Leave it in there. Don't take it out. Ah, <clears throat> <sighs> but uh, shit, we got we are coming up within weeks away. Just a couple of weeks away from the ten year anniversary of this podcast, and shit. Uh, it's it's been a long time, man. I feel like I've aged a lot in the last ten years, from thirty to forty. Which actually, I guess at that point I'll be turning forty-one, and I'll be thirty-one to forty-one. It's a that's a lot of shit happened in those those ten years. A lot of shit, and uh, the podcast has changed a lot. It wasn't just me talking into a microphone for an hour. And then a cat chiming in to let me know he's fucking hungry. That was not a thing early on. It was me, Shelly Long, and uh, usually a guest or two in there. And we would uh, be pl- knocking back some uh, blah, 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 Paps Blue Ribbon, some PBR. And that was like the early days. The early days, it was exciting. And I was, you know, I was kind of nervous talking on a microphone. Now I'm just like, you know, talking about. Uh, you know, in a way though, it was like I talked about more. <laughs> I was I had less guards up, I guess. I don't know. I feel like sometimes I'm guarded, or it's just I don't think it's guards now. I just I just don't feel the need to talk about <laughs> some of the shit I used to talk about. I don't necessarily feel the need to talk about my how I jerk off or anything. I feel like I probably did a few times early in the <laughs> early days. Maybe got a little little detailed about it. Um. I guess also too is just I'm just not that excited about jerking off anymore. It's just not that you know I've done it so much. It's like pissing. Like I don't need to talk about pissing. I have the prostate problems. I've talked about that a lot lately. But that's not really you know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I've changed. I've gotten older. Is what's happened. That's that's what's happened. Um, it was it was bound to happen if I was going to live. You know that if you live. For a long time, it happens. You get older, and uh, things things change. Your prostate gets huge. You can't piss very well. It's a it's a whole whole thing, man. It's a whole thing. Uh, you know, you don't jerk off three times a day. You might you might do it once a day. Sometimes twice, but you know, most of the time, maybe not even once a day. Yeah, uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, th- there's a lot, and uh, hopefully I'll be able to get uh, Shelly on when we do the uh, the ten year. I need to talk to him about that. Of course, w- I'm going to be off for several days going into that as going uh, to a blues game, a Tool concert. Oh, it's going to be good times. Good, good, good times. Good times. Going to have some fun. Some. 
I feel like I, it's been years, which I guess it has been years since I've really done much other than sit at home and play Call of Duty <laughs> and uh, play a little guitar. I just, you know, I haven't been overseas since 2019. It's when I went last went to Russia. It's really sad to think about that now because it was such an awesome trip. And, uh, you know, I was so tired during the whole thing, but fortunately it's probably, it's hard to imagine being able to ever go there again. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I don't know. Well, for one, financially I got problems, but you know, that I could always, that I could find a way to eventually, you know, financially I could find, if I wanted to do it, I could find a way somewhere. But I, it seems I'm gonna guess that here soon that American citizens will probably not be allowed to travel to Russia. It seems like any day now that that is gonna be a thing. And then again, do I want to? You know, <laughs> would I want to travel to Russia if I was allowed to? Like it could be, it could be risky. Although, like I think I, I'm pretty certain I would be fine. Pretty sure. Even if there started to be a lot of hate for Americans there, which I never got that impression when I was there, but th- they never really seemed to know I was American until they talked to me for a bit, and then like heard my accent, and uh, I didn't really attempt to talk a whole lot of Russian. That's about it. All I know, and that's literally translates to I understand a little Russian. Uh. But uh, I guess I don't look that different than Russians, so I'm able to kind of hide there. I think the only time maybe I'd be uh, in trouble is, or somebody might give me some flack, is if for whatever reason they check my passport and 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 yada yada. <clears throat> but it seems like shit, man. It it sucks, man. It's shit just sucks. Um. But yeah, I guess that's all I've got, and uh, at least at least we got some good shit coming up on the horizon for the uh, the ten year. And uh, I don't know what's gonna happen the Tool concert. I feel like that one might be a little crazy. Uh, the drummer Danny Carey not too long ago got arrested because he was drunk in public, and he's a sixty year old man. He got arrested at the airport. He got in an altercation with a security guard. Ugh. I don't know that we're going to get that kind of drama. I feel like a 60-year-old guy is probably, uh, like, after that, like, you know what? Maybe I should lay off the booze. <laughs> Maybe I should lay off the booze. <laughs> I mean, watching the video of him get arrested, I mean, it's just kind of sad. Like, you, you, if you, you realize, like, shit, he's 60 years old now. And uh, it's just kind of sad. Anyway, <laughs> take care. As always, that's a kid in a wheelchair, not a trash can. Thank <laughs> you.